Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about because this is my podcast. And I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun. And we'll try to stay as calm as we can. But let's get into it. And let's all have some fun listening. And you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. an anime O'Hagan. Yes, that is the name I go by, and today we're going to talk about the greatest battles of history, of classic warfare. So, for true creepy things, we're going to talk about some battles. Okay. Okay, so, why and it at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, it's true that a soldier fighting in that battle would have felt just as familiar with the weaponry in use half a century later. For it was really in the choir of a certainty before World War One 
what weapons and armor change most rapidly. Belt-fed machine guns, steam-powered gunships, tanks. The ancient world, the determining characteristics in most bottles of ancient world was the heavy reliance on any on infantry from the Polygus to the Roman legends. Greek infantrymen fought with a spear, the Romans with the javelin and swords, which made them ultimately the more formidable advisory. Once the aforementioned broke up into close-knit hand-to-hand fighting, yet warfare took other forms. The Canaanites were the early masters of chariot technology, but the Egyptians used them to better effect at M-E-G-I-D-D-O. Others were mastered of craft. The arsenon seemed to have developed Singa towards the ram of D-A-M-A-S-C-U-S and Lynchus in the 8th century BC, long before anyone else. What of the curvery? Others. In fact, a seafast, well-trained group of infertility men in the pre-strip era age could hold up their own against a carval change. Although the elite competition carval were visit to Alexander the Great's victories, over the Prussians at the Germanic River, and issues psychology warfare had a role too, such as the elephant developed by among others, Darius at Goldman and Hannibal at Tabrith. Okay. Mango 1457. Mango is the first battle to have been recorded in a mythological manner. It is north way from the extreme risk taken by Egyptian commoners in making his approach merge. The gamble paid off and resulting in a complete victory for the Egyptian army and its Disciplined chariot forces. Thomas III was one of the greatest Egyptian pharaohs, learned, wise, and great general. But the first 22 years of his region were spent in the shadows of his powerful stepmother and aunt Hadaspirus, who ruled as co regent. When she died in 1457, a confederate of Canaanites 
princess under the leadership of Dorskin, king of Kaddish, chose the moment to revolt, forcing Thomas to quickly mobilize his army and set out across the Shinni Desert in the direction of Kiani with about 20,000 men. In approaching M-E-G-I-D-D-O, T-H-U-T-M-O-S faced a tough choice. He had to pass through the steep Cormel River Ridge if he wanted to reach the battlefield plain. There were three passes through the ridge, of which two, the northly and southly passes, offer slow but relatively safe approaches. The central route, the Aurora Pass, was more direct but it was so narrow in parts that men would have to go in single file with chariots manhandled over obstacles. Even if they weren't embalmished, the army would be strung out. Okay, I'm going to take a minute and fix things. Hold up. Artichoke, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon and with the ad coming up soon i know y'all might want to skip it but you should at least try to listen to some of it maybe it's important i hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast and i hope the ad and sponsor is a good one artichokey okay dokie artichokey ad break it's now Sorry about that. Wasn't very comfortable, so I'm trying to get comfortable, and it's not working at all. Okay, so yesterday I did not do a podcast because I wasn't feeling mentally there. I was feeling pretty bleh, and I got busy doing things, and it just got awful. Like, things just weren't going the way I wanted. And I didn't know what to talk about, and then I was like... Uh, I don't feel like it. And then I was like, oh, forget about it. And then I was like, bleh. So, I guess that is definitely something that happened, unfortunately. So I'm sorry about that. But I was not feeling. I needed a mental break, which you can always do. Okay, let's continue with the greatest battles in the world what it says. Okay, even if they weren't a bombish, the army would have strung out, meaning that lead elements could be attacked before the rear had cleared the path. Ignoring the counsel of his herbied officers, Thomas Thomas 
shows the Aurora path. It was a gamble, but it paid off. It took 12 hours to move the whole army through, but Dorsey of Kaddish had predicted that... I'm calling him TM. Would take the southerly route, and when the Egyptians unexpectedly emerged on the plain on their flank, flank, flank. What is a flank, and why do I feel weird not knowing? There was an alarm in the C A N A A N I T camp. Add to the fact that the Egyptians were able to occupy the higher ground, the C-A-N-A-A, NIT army was not as well organized as their opponents, whose merged ranks of infinity and archers form combined division. The main strength of the Egyptian army, though, was its chariot crops long before the invention of the shurup which makes the cavalry a battle-winning weapon. Whether the chariot had been invented in C-A-N-A-A-N, it was the Egyptians who most skillfully employed them at the Midigo as vehicles for fast-firming multiple arches to spread terror among the enemy ranks. When the P-H-A-R-O-A-R-A-O-H, wow, in a common chariot decorated in gold and glimmering in the sunlight gave the advance signal. The chariot huddled, hurled downhill, the arrows raining down on the, I'm just going to call it C-A because I don't know what else to say, cannonets while the Fairdier crashed their weapons against their shield and trumpet blare. It was an alarming sight, and disorder turned to demoralization and then quickly to root. Seeing the CA army breaking up and men fleeing, TM chariots and infinity pushed them, but a large segment of Dorish army reached the city of Mendigo, while the high walls made access difficult and many men were massacred beneath the fortification. Others did get inside, including Dorish hauled up on ropes made of cloth. The Egyptians now lay siege to the city after seven months. TM finally took its surrender. Mercifully, he spared it the custom of putting the defense of a city to the sword when it fell, and was rewarded with oaths of loyalty from the former rebels. Durish of Kaddish did manage to escape, but the revolt had been put down, and Egyptian governors installed in the region. TM could return to Egypt to take up the reins of power that had been denied him by his stepmother for so long. I'm not sure if I should say good for you or what the heck just happened. Jeez. 
in a conflict of culture, Egyptian and Haiti disformation and personal leadership drove thousands into an epic battle. Praha Ramas II used of diversal chains of command proved to be vulnerable in the heat of the fight, and he failed to retake the city of Kadesh. Oh boy. P-H-A-R-A-O-H Rams the second greatest battle of the 1285 B.C. result from his desire to surpass the achievement of his illustration ancestor Tom Thomas Tutus. I have no idea how to say his name still. Zero percent. The third to the quill. The Haiti Egyptian expression southwards from Asia Minor to competing imperial tides clashes around the walls of a four-filled city. Ram's army was huge, around 20,000, but difficult in terms of command, structure the restricted ability of a single man controlling. Oh, I have lost my place. A single man to control an army require consideration measures. Ram's solution was to divide it into four divisions of equal size under trusted sorbonnets during the march towards Kaddish. Those four divisions moved at some distance apart. The speed of the march risked causing problems such as sudden attacks from the Hittites. With the army component part encountering the enemy will spread, but the typical advantage was great in terms of surprise and preparation. However, meanwhile, the Haiti king was no surprise foe and had managed to produce a matching army of his own by the time Egyptian forces approached Kadesh. Well, dang. Y'all are very, like, you do this and I do the same thing type of thing. He also cannily fed some disinformation by planting two spies in the pass of his enemy's army. The capture pair informed Rams and that the Hades army was still some distance off, promoting Rams to make another technical gamble and try to seize Kaddish before their arrival. Was unaware of their actual position as the two of Rams' division approached from the south and west of the city, the Hades moved to the east, poised to move across the Egyptian lane of Merch. The Hades struck the second Rams' division as it approached their new position and hit it in the flank. The Egyptians were surprised, panicked, and fled for safety towards the following division, similarly throwing that formation into disorder and confusion just as the Hades attacked again from south directly across the Egyptian escape route. Dis- 
Esther Loon. The panic and disorder of fully half of his forces left Rams physically unable to transmit orders. But, oh, I'm spelling this, M-U-W-A-T-A-L-L-I-S, also found his command distreating when his men stopped to plumber the Egyptians' camp as the disorganized Egyptian forces gave ground. In desperation, Rams now leads his own bodyguard into a headlong counterattack and firing a general movement against them, which allows one division to strike the Hades in the rear, just as another pitched into them from the flock. M-U-W-A-T-A-L-L-I-S withdrew into Kaddish shelters against any further Egyptian surprise, but forfeiting the advantage of holding the battlefield, Rams Reserved also promoted him to withdraw his remaining forces from the vindicacy of Kaddish and Nudgert Peace. It had been a tactical win for the Egyptians. A strategic victory for the Hades, and in the light of the treachery and international draw. Rams Rams versus sea people? Okay. Invasions might mandatory bands of people present a different kind of military problem to those of mass armies. Finally, in the twilight years of the Egyptian Empire, Rams III found a way to deal with President N-U-I-S-A-N-C-E of the Sea People. Okay, he did say Sea People. Little is known about the Sea People other than descriptions shown on Egyptian wall paintings. There were essentially a collection of seafaring tribes seeking new land to settle rather than to make conquest. By the region of Rams III, the Egyptians' new kingdom had entered a pride of slow decline. New enemies were emerging and Egyptians' records painted a picture of uproar in the agency. They recounted tales of the islands in these water pourings out harders of tribes that so that no land stood before them. Okie dokie, artichoke, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the app and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. 
Okie dokie, artichokie. Ah, break it now. Okay. However, the Egyptians are made a force to be reckoned with, and rams would ensure that they at least remain so for the duration of his long reign. The so-called sea people are effectively groupings of immigrant immigration tribes active in the waters of the eastern Mediterranean throughout the second millennium BC. There had been reports of their actions during the heyday of Rome's the second, and some of them were even record as having fought against his army at Kaddish as aliens of the height in 1285 BC. While these attacks were Beaten off, Rams III, the last of the great Egyptian pharaohs, was forced to deal with a second wave of their evasion. These seem to have not been based around a question for military glory, but rather to have been comprised of large groups of immigrants looking for new land on which to settle. The Sea People appear to have made at least one in. Asian earlier in Rams the Third's region, but by dividing themselves into two parties for con connection invasions by land and sea, they diluted their strength and seemed to have been confidently repelled. When they returned in year eight of his region, Rams was even waiting for them at the mouth of the Nile with a special prepared fleet of ships. The Egyptians were not a great seafaring nation, whereas this opponents were doubtably less harder seamen, but around the calmer waters of the Nile, the sea people's permanent craft were easy to abolish, and the greatest number and discipline of the Egyptians would have overwhelmed them, rather than being able to launch shock raids in the style deployed by later merchant warriors such as the Vikings. They instead found themselves surprised by Egyptian ships lurking unseen amongst the tall papyrus reeds of the Nile Delta. The Egyptians also employed superior tactics with their ships remaining and then withdrawing to ram again and again. Valleys of arrows were fired from the cover of the reed beds and gripping hooks used to drag the ships and closets, after which the Egyptians poured on board to overwhelm them in the hand-to-hand -hand fighting with their superior weaponry. The seas people leaders were dragged ashore and executed. Diesel of the sea people, Mima, the invasion by land, fared later little better. The sea people deployed, flowed, plan of dividing their army into sea and land forces once again, left their women and children who traveled with them with insignificant protection in open country making them easy prey for the martyring, mattering Egyptian chariot backed by their tribal aliens. 
that invaders, strike forces, also use outdated technology and fail to achieve surprise are numically superior. The end of the greatest conspiracy of the sea people was achieved by the greatest organization of the Egyptian empire. The survivors from the sea people army were captured and used as slaves. Very were few escaped, bringing an end to the culture of the sea people and a threat they posed in the eastern Mediterranean. The beginning of sea people could use the element of surprise and the ventures into Egypt from the ocean. Egypt was not a major sea power, but Rome's II was eventually able to set a trap for them as they breached furthering along the Nile. The capture of no oh boy G A A Okay J E R U Salem Jerusalem was a potential moment in the world history after defeat defeating its CA defense with a surprise attack King David spread them variously but repisely, but brought the Ark of the Convert there and made his capital and the founding block of a more united Israel nation. King David was, according to the Bible, the founder of Jerusalem and united of the Israel tribes, but first he had to fight a bitter war against the CA. N-A-A-N-I-T-S and take the mighty fort of Jobs? Jobs. Jeeps? King David, ruler of despair. Israel tribes decided that Jobs, modern Jerusalem, was ideally suited to united the fourth and south per possession of his realm. But the fortress city located on a rock excarpment was impressively fulfilled. Its CA defended brag that a handful of blind and lame men could defend it. David's forces was effective in Goriel mountain combat. Many men wore no armor at all, simply carrying a spear and shield, but a sudden attack with arches and slingers provided covering fire with a hail of missiles caught the defense by surprise, forcing their hand down long enough for the Israelites to scale the wall. After some hard fighting, the defense collapsed. The surrounding Jabbasites retreated M-A-G-N-A-N-I-M-O-U-S-L-Y by David, who spared the life of their king. David brought the Ark of the Convict to Jabs, which he renamed Jerusalem and made his capital, passing on a mainly united 
Israelite nation to his son Solomon. When King Solomon died in 1922 BC, the United Jewish Kingdom was divided into, and the following century, King Ben Hadid, Ben Hadid, the second, okay, of Syria, S Y R I A, launched an attack on Haba, ruler of the northern half, and his capital of Sarima, his side of the city, however was undying by complacency. The Sai of Sarama is an example of what happens when a complex superior appoints meets a determined smaller fighting force as Ben Haida's man sat back beyond the city and party the Samais launched a surprise attack. Under King A H A B Abba, the flourishing Israelite city of S-A-M-A-R-I, was a threat to neighboring Arma, whose king, Bedhem II, decided to beside it. Bedhema considered the city fall to be a foregoing conclusion, but delivering a stiff unity to Abam successfully only in I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. This is going to be here all day. Okay. Glass. G-A-L-V-A-N-I-Z-I-N-G the S-A-M-A-R-I-A-N-S to make a stand. Wow, that is so hard. Well, B-E-N-H-A-D-A-D Ben-Hadad Ben-Hadad Ben-Hadad? I'm not sure if I'm even saying that right. The second, and it's L-I-E-U-T-E-N-A-N-T-S, strength to X, tenths, a care of 232 young officers known as the Near Arma marched out in full view of the Serenas in his drunken support. Carvel Ben Hadda the second was captive by the opportunity to annihilate these brave but foolish Israelites. I have no idea what this is telling me here. But the near man proved an unexpected formidable foe, paving the way for Abab the main Israelite forced to advance through the gates and fall upon the confused Syrians. So great was the route that Bedhada II caught completely by surprise, realizing that his only option was to flee the field. Soldiers inflicted heavy losses on the suburb, but they were far from completely defeated. Dark days lay ahead for both sides, with fourth conflict lying and waits in the years that follow. The Battle of Samurai 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 I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right I'm sorry. Took on a form that seems characteristic of many of the battles 
and wars that were waged in the biblical period, that of a weaker tribe offering sought restraint in a heavy four-foot town and their strong opponents settling in for a long sage? Sage? Okie dokie, artichoke, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon and with the ad coming up soon i know y'all might want to skip but you should at least try to listen to some of it maybe it's important i hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast and i hope the ad and sponsor is a good one artichokey okay dokey artichokey ad break it's now I hope you all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.